orbiting 250 miles above, the space station provides us with the ultimate view of planet Earth. From this perspective, we ask our guests to engage with six questions that orbit around wonder and stories of hopefulness. For the next few minutes, this is our wonder space. Welcome to the 109th episode of the Wonder Space podcast, which is an expression of a family trust called Panaper. My name is Steve Cole, and since September 2020, I have asked the same six questions to over 100 people from around the world. People such as Paul Matz, who in episode 63 talked about his leading role in skin research programs with Procter & Gamble. This led to a vision to eradicate the skin disease PODO that impacts 1.6 million people in Ethiopia. We are thrilled once again to be drawing from the wonder of Ask Nature, who look to nature for inspiration to solve design problems in a regenerative way. Here is another moment to help us re-wonder. Many aquatic mammals face a serious physical challenge. They must stay warm while spending significant periods of time in extremely cold waters. Sea lions and walruses have thick layers of blubber to keep them warm, while sea otters don't have any blubber at all. Instead, they rely on very specialized layers of hair to maintain their body temperature in and out of the water. Studies have shown that sea otters, like other aquatic mammals that rely on fur for insulation, have elongated scales on the outer layer of their fluffy underhair. The scales cause the hairs to interlock, blocking out water and trapping a layer of air bubbles. Since air is a poor conductor of heat, the otter's body warmth is retained and kept from transferring to the cold water all around. This week on Wonder Space, we orbit with Lorraine Smith, who is an independent researcher, writer, and guide. Her vision is an economy that works in the service of life, where all industrial activities make people and ecosystems healthier. Lorraine builds on decades of experience in corporate sustainability across numerous industries and regions, and was nominated by our 61st guest on Wonderspace, Cora Olson from Copenhagen who described Lorraine as awesome and a massive inspiration. With this expansive overview of Earth, I start by asking Lorraine, if we could do a fly past over any part of the world that is significant to you, which place, city or country would it be and why? Yeah, so when I first started to think about this question, my instinct was to imagine a place or places. Then I landed in a different answer. So the place or places, there are a few that I love and miss and they're beautiful and I wish I could be there. But then I realized for me, the more true answer is this notion of there. And I'll explain what I mean a little bit. The word there, T-H-E-R-E, which I sometimes play with. I like to play with language and I put parentheses around the T so that we see that the word here is in the word there. And I like to imagine that the destination is there 
which is here. And we are always there because we are always here. And so that's maybe a cop-out to the very interesting conceptual question you're asking because you can't, or you are, whenever you fly over anywhere, you are flying over there, which is here. Um, but when I really sat with that question, I landed right there, which is here. Lorraine, give us a glimpse into your life story so far with an emphasis on what you're doing currently. I am holding a vision of an economy that works in service of life. And that means that any industry, any company, any activity is designed to serve our wellness. That's our society, human wellness within a biosphere that is thriving. I've been working in the field of corporate sustainability, sometimes called sustainable development or corporate citizenship, for over 20 years. So I can say with some concern that we are not currently designing our economy and even our corporate responsibility programs with an economy in service of life as the principal tenet. I think some are, and it's happening, but it is not the norm. It's not the way our incentives and business models and wider corporate structures and societal systems are structured. To be blunt, they're mostly structured for increasing short-term financial wealth. And in some cases, um, they're structured to sort of aggregate control. And I don't believe that serves me as a living entity, and I don't believe it serves my other fellow and sister living entities. And so I am applying the expertise, skills, relationships, and energy that I've accrued through 20 years in the corporate sustainability field, and a decade-ish prior to that, working in financial services, in a global NGO, in electronic engineering, a few uh, episodes living in different parts of the world, in Brazil, in Germany. I am Canadian, but I've lived extensively in the United States. I now apply that to a way to enable people to see industry in service of life. And so in a nutshell, I've created, a, you could call it a tool or a lens or a kind of on-ramp to a different way of seeing that is open source and free called materiality. It's a bit of a pun from the corporate sustainability trenches for anybody working there, uh, putting reality into environmental, social, and governance, or ESG disclosures. And I sort of serve a bit of a corporate mischief uh, role or a bit of a court jester to the industrial complex. And I invite others to come along and see reality as it is right now and imagine it as it could be working in service of life. Where on earth is your place of reset or recharge? I go underwater into Lake Manitou, which is the largest lake within a lake in the world on the largest freshwater island in the world on Manitoulin Island, which is in northern Ontario. Had the very good fortune of spending time there throughout my life. Um, and there's something about being immersed in the water there that is very restorative for me. So I'd like to think I can reset anytime, anywhere. But if the chips are really down, I need to 
put myself there, and it usually helps me along. What wonder of the natural world excites you the most? I mean, as I'm sure many of your guests have said, including the ones I had the pleasure of listening to, this is like an eternal question because there's so many amazing phenomena that happen around us. But the one that immediately comes to mind for me is the winged migration. So that every fall and spring, we have this incredible corridor of birds, bats, butterflies, flying critters that make their way across distances that are inconceivable for humans to to go in their own self-propelled way. There's a risk of over-anthropomorphizing. I don't really know what the brown bat is thinking when she's migrating, um, but I still marvel at things like, you know, the unknowns that they face, right? I mean, the, the usual unknowns that would have been true for uh, long before human modernity but now the new unknowns of uh, the perils of tall buildings that are lit at night during the um, during the migration season and on their flyways, the loss of habitat, the you know toxic uh, clouds they fly through, etc. Um, yet they go, and they make it, and they uh, they go back. Otherwise, they come back again. So to me, that is just an incredible, inspiring natural phenomenon. Lorraine, what is your story of hopefulness that's not your own, about a person, business or non-profit who are doing amazing things for the world? On this one, I'd like to point people to the work of a group called Possible Futures. And I'm bending your question a little because you use the word hope, and I appreciate the word hope and I like it. And yet one of the things I think the folks from Possible Futures do is remind us that hope, or it sometimes gets phrased as hopium, can be part of the problem. So let me just take a step back. Possible Futures, it's a collection of um, folks based in the global south who are providing support. You could call it content, but that's too loose a word. Uh, coursework and guidance around what it really looks like to break out of these colonial patterns, these uh broken narratives that serve the current sustainable development world, that serve the current mainstream business and industry model, step out of those and see what it looks like to end the harmful models, the extractive, oppressive, um, one world kind of narrative that is a big part of what is causing the, the systems to bleed the way they are. What does it look like to see those, to understand, to, to genuinely understand our shared histories, and then to reorient our way forward? And the reason I push a little bit on the hope piece off the start is, you know, this is not light-hearted work. There can be mischief and fun and play, for sure. Um, and there's room for art and, and story. What I think Possible Futures is doing is next level. They're saying, yeah, we need all those things. That's great stuff. But unless we also truly address the structural norms that are perpetuating the harm, all the nice little case studies in the world will get crushed by the boot of reality over and over and over. So what does it look like to really step out of that? I am in awe of what Possible Futures is doing, and I'm very grateful for their 
sort of dogged determination, um, even when it's abrasive and difficult to allow in, I think it is some of the most hopeful, promising, and frankly, necessary work out there. And I would encourage anybody who's really ready to kind of open their eyes and be made aware of their own blind spots uh, and who's keen to lean in to the necessary new way of being um, to give it a really close look and the work of the various people involved and some of what they're writing and sharing and putting out into the community. Finally, as we prepare to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere, what insight, wisdom or question would you like to leave with us? I'll go with a question which I hope leads to an insight. And it's a question I ask myself every day and I invite others to ask me. A little bit of context, when I engage in the conversation about the global industrial complex and its role in serving life, there's usually a sequence that happens. It begins with a sort of ridicule or incredulity, like <laughs> industry working in service of life. Like, come on, we know that's not what's happening. And then we realize, well, of course it should be. And it's a little bit strange that it doesn't, that life serves the economy versus the other way around. Okay. And then we get into a big swath of overwhelm at the magnitude of the interconnected crises. You know, we talk about, well, what is the crisis? Well, it's lots of different things depending on where you are in life and in the geographical world. Um, and then that progression leads me to a question, which is, what is my role in the transition towards an economy that works in service of life? How can I participate in what I refer to as industrial healing, which is a kind of collective process of seeing how harm is done, where it has happened, and what it looks and feels like to heal from it. And that means stopping doing it and doing other things. And it's, of course, way bigger than me. And yet, here I am. There I am. And so, what is my role? And I ask that question over and over. And I invite others to ask, what is your role? Because we each have skills, ideas, energy. We are our own little bundles of stardust that manifest in different ways. And so I would end on the question, what is my role? To find out more about Lorraine, her website is belorrainesmith.com. In her story of hopefulness, she spoke about the work of Possible Futures, and you can find out more at possiblefutures.earth. What is your story of hopefulness that's not your own, about a person, business or non-profit who are doing amazing things for the world? We would love you to consider recording yourself in under 30 seconds, sharing your story on your phone through your voice recorder app. You can then simply upload the recording to the link on our website, ourwonder.space. I want to thank Lorraine for joining us on Wonder Space. Let's continue to share our stories of hopefulness that makes a name for someone else. We need them like never before. Thanks for listening.